eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. Bringing you the latest and greatest on the Saints. And Jeff, well, we got a little bit of coaching news. Sean Payton in Denver poaching one coach already and remains to be seen if any more might be headed out to mile high joining former now Saints offensive assistant Zach Streif. Yes, poaching is the correct term. It is not illegal in the NFL but that's what Sean Payton is going to do. So yeah, just to get into this, we're going to talk about some of the coaching moves in this first segment here. And then the second two segments are going to be kind of a, who is Joe Woods? Who's going to be the hire for the Saints defensive coordinator? Looked up some information on him, so we'll have a lot to go over. But yeah, so first things first, Zach Streif, assistant offensive line coach. It seems like he's been in that role for a lot longer than he has, but it's really just because he went from being a player to being a broadcaster. He obviously worked with us for a couple years as the voice of the Saints alongside Deuce McAllister on WWL Radio. And then he went from that to being the assistant offensive line coach, but he was only in that role for two years. It feels like he'd been there a lot longer than that. But, you know, Sean hired him into that role before the 2021 season. At that point, it was Brendan Nugent, who was the offensive line coach, This past season, it was Doug Marone, and so Zach stuck around for that season. And now, as you kind of expected, Sean has turned to a guy who he knows very well, who he hired, who he coached for a dozen years to lead his offensive line group out in Denver. And good for him. Like, good for for Zach. I think he's done a really good job in that role. 
And, you know, everyone spoke very highly of the work he'd done. And so uh, good for him getting an opportunity out there. Yeah, it'll be sad, obviously, to to lose a guy like him. A lot of people refer to Streif, too, as maybe the smartest person in that Saints building. I know just, you know, that brief stint I got to work with him. My first year on the sideline was actually his first year as the voice of the Saints, too. So we kind of like were, you know, feeling out a new position together, really enjoyed the time I got to be his quote-unquote teammate on the Saints radio squad. And, yeah, I I definitely felt like this was – it wasn't a big surprise at all seeing, you know, Streif joining Peyton in Denver just because of the fact of the relationship they they have together and and knowing how tight that bond is, plus how much Sean thinks of of Streif and the work he can do going ahead. Brief Streif. Yeah. So, you know, you look at Zach Streif's career – he might be one of the most successful seventh round draft picks of, of all time when you think about it. Like he and Marcus Colston went 42 picks apart in the seventh round back in 2006. You know, one of the best seventh rounds for any team ever. Like, you know, you got two legitimate talents out of the seventh round of the draft, and that just doesn't happen. But yeah, so good for him. And so it's just kind of, it's been a very, very interesting offseason in terms of, you know, heading into the 2022 season, the buzzword was continuity pretty much outside of Sean Payton leaving, everything stayed the same. You know, Dennis Allen got promoted. You you elevated Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen into the co-defensive coordinator role, but they were still, Nielsen was coaching the defensive line. Richard was coaching the secondary. Michael Hodges was still coaching the linebackers. You did move on from Brendan Nugent, but you hired Doug Marone, again, a guy you are very familiar with in terms of how he operates on the Saints. Other, oh, and, and Cody Burns, obviously, it's wide receivers coach. But by and large, you kept that staff. This year, you have changed a lot. Ryan Nielsen is now the defensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons. He got introduced today. Obviously, Sean Payton's out in Denver, and you got that first-round pickback. And then you also moved on from Dan Rochar, who was the tight ends coach and run game coordinator. Poor Dan was the only guy that was really quote unquote let go. Yes, he was. He they must not have been very happy with the performance that that he was putting out there with the tight ends because they they moved on from him quick too. Although I guess I guess you could technically say also Richard was they had like a mutual parting of ways, right? Yes, yes, but he wasn't like fired. <laughs> no, right, right. Clearly, they waited it out to see how things would have developed. Because I think they would have wanted to keep him on as the secondary coach if they could. That's the only thing that makes sense to me in terms of how that developed. Because if they weren't going to make him the defensive coordinator, then you know that's that's probably how that how that all came about. Um, but he's uh, he has not surfaced anywhere in terms of being in line for a job. Miami hired Vic Fangio, so that was a job he interviewed for, and he, he's not going to get that. I believe the Panthers hired. A hero Evero, is that correct? Right, from Denver, yeah. The coach that Sean Payton let out of that job. So to me, the only real landing spot left for Richard would be Sean Payton's staff, which would make sense because Sean Payton hired Chris prior to the 2021 season. So, you know, I think there's still a shoe to drop there. But there's going to be a lot of changes, right? And so you've already hired, or at least the reports are that you've hired Joe Woods. He was the defensive coordinator for the Browns the last three seasons. We don't need to get a ton into a ton with that there because we're going to, as I mentioned, have a whole bunch of Joe Woods talk in the second two segments here. But you've also hired Todd Grantham as a defensive assistant. He's a longtime SEC coach. He also coached for several NFL teams, and he managed the defensive line for three separate NFL teams. 
And so I have to imagine that's what they're going to have him doing for the Saints, right? Like it's the only spot that makes sense because you wouldn't hire Todd Grantham to just be kind of a random coach on your staff. No, yeah, that one definitely, when that hire happened, it just seems logical, like you said, to be placed in that role. I'm I'm definitely curious to see now where they're going to go for a secondary coach. Yeah, I think there's a possibility that Joe Woods just takes that job, right? Like the way that Nielsen was coached the defensive line and Rashad coached the secondary. And you're able to do that because Dennis Allen is so so heavily involved. But I still think they probably do want to hire a secondary coach. So the interesting thing is, do you hire, and we were talking about this before we came on, do you hire an assistant offensive line coach, right? Or do you kind of take that spot and turn it into that extra coaching position you would have to have for a secondary coach. I don't know how many coaching positions they have budgeted for, but it would be one extra one because you had that co-defensive coordinator who were also doubling up as a position coach. Now, the, the other question is, does Sean Payton poach anybody else? Now, he couldn't technically poach anyone into a lateral move, right? The reason you were able to get Streif, assuming that you know the reporting is accurate on that, is because he was an assistant offensive line coach and he is being hired as a full-fledged offensive line coach. So that is a clear promotion and NFL teams can't block people from taking promotions. They can only take them, they can only block them from taking lateral moves. So who else could they potentially, could they potentially poach? Well, you can't poach Michael Hodges in a linebacker coach role, but could you potentially poach him to a defensive coordinator role? Maybe. That would be, I think, kind of a stretch just because it's something he hasn't done yet anywhere. And... I would just think another team would be looking for someone with more of a track record. No, I, I agree with that. You know, and a couple other names, Declan Doyle, he coached tight ends at the Senior Bowl. Maybe he's the guy who's in line to take the Saints tight ends coach job. That might have been kind of a trial run for him to see how it went. But he could also be a guy who gets poached by, by Sean and his new staff. When we talked to Declan, he was very, very complimentary of Sean Payton. He, he, he said something along the lines of like working with Sean is like getting a PhD in football. It's like going to Harvard for football. He said that he changed his life in a football sense. So this, this is a Sean Payton guy. And so, you know, if there's a spot open on that staff, I wouldn't be surprised if you see you see a guy like Declan go after it. Um, DJ Williams, who coached quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl, could be an option there. The son of Doug Williams. Corey Robinson, who coached safeties at the Senior Bowl, actually let his contract expire. So he is going to be a quote unquote free agent in a coaching sense. So that's someone else you could see you could see move along. But one way or another, you're gonna see some significant turnover on this coaching staff. And a majority of it is on the defensive side of the ball. And I know that's been frustrating to some people because you kind of see that side of the football as the thing that worked this past season. And you're not wrong. But I will say that I was very critical personally. I was very critical of the defense over the first half of the season. And while they did look really good over the second half of the season, you can make a very valid argument that one of the reasons this team was in a position that they had to be perfect over the final eight games was that the defense underperformed for the first nine weeks of the season. Yeah, and it could have been you know a, a lot of different factors there to getting used to maybe two you know co-defensive coordinators along with Dennis Allen. I always wondered how that the message was going to get across the players and if things were going to get uh, a little jumbled. But it seemed to – whatever happened there, they definitely got their act together midway through the season 
going towards the the latter stretch of the year, that defense. And I think, to me, the defensive side of the ball, even with coaches, I'm not so worried about just because D.A. is the guy. We know he's still going to be the play caller. And I think we've seen that he has a pretty good eye for talent and the fact of of calling a, a game as well. It's just the other side of the football was what really struggled. And I know Saints fans have been waiting to see on Twitter that, you know, uh, Sean Payton has brought P. Carmichael Jr. over, but that's not a scenario that can happen, quote-unquote, legally with the NFL rules unless the Saints let him go, right? Yeah, the Saints would have to just let him out of his contract. Right. I don't see why they would do that unless they had to. And Pete doesn't strike me like a guy who's going to pitch a fit. You know what I mean? He seems like a pretty amicable fellow. Uh, doesn't make a ton of waves. He's not going to pound his fist on the table and be like, send me to Denver, damn it. He doesn't seem like one of those guys. Plus, the, the other thing is like when you talk about it, like, so for example, might you hire Jari Evans into that assistant offensive line spot, right? He was a coaching intern this past season. He got really high reviews from players. I talked to Cesar Ruiz about him when I asked him about Jari, he kind of lit up. And I think that that was a big part. You know, you saw Caesar really take a step forward this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, working with Jari, who obviously played guard in the NFL, and that was a big part of it, right? Like, Zach Streif was a was a tackle, right? So while he's working with the young offensive lineman, he didn't play guard. So you, there's only so much kind of institutional knowledge that Zach has about playing guard in the NFL, right? So someone who played guard and kind of can walk Caesar and the other interior alignment through some of this stuff was probably helpful, right? And so I think that that was a big part of that. And so maybe you bring him into this assistant offensive line coach role. And I tweeted that and someone was like, well, he's going to go with Sean too. And, you know, I do think it's an interesting question because while, yeah, it's probably attractive for a guy like Streif to get a chance at an offensive line coach role, would Jari uproot his life and move out to Denver and live in snow? to be an assistant offensive line coach when he could take that job with the Saints, you know, somewhere that he's a lot more familiar with. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like you you would stay close to home, right? Like a guy like Pete Carmichael, everyone's like, oh, he wants to go hang out with Sean. He's lived in this new, this, this area like his whole life, basically. He's been he's been the Saints offensive coordinator for 15 years. You think he he's like, he's like dying to go live in the snow? He's dying to move across country at this point in his life to live in the snow with Sean? I don't know. So that's that is kind of an interesting question. Yeah, that that could be something at where you are at this point of your career. What are your family? You know, you uprooting them kind of thing. And right, I mean, it. I guess it'd be if you're making that move for an increase in pay and a, and a new title. I could see that, but an, an an offensive assistant coach doesn't really have that juice. No, and I mean, maybe they are going to pay a lot more, and maybe it is worth it. Maybe he just really likes hanging out with Sean. I, I don't know, but I don't think it's as simple as like being like, okay, he wants to go with Sean because there's a lot more to it. It's it's different for a player, right? Like I I'm am interested to see how many former Saints or current Saints that are free agents end up in Denver because Sean wants to bring them in. It's it's an interesting thing that you end up with when you overhaul your staff. And that's why this free agent cycle is going to be interesting, right? So you brought in Joe Woods from the Browns. How many former Browns end up being free agent targets of the Saints? Like Ryan Nielsen is over in Atlanta. How many of the current Saints free agents that are hitting free agency now end up in Atlanta, right? You brought in Todd Grantham. He was last with Alabama as an analyst. Does he maybe have some insight into Alabama players? There's always a billion Alabama players in the draft that you could target. And the Saints don't have any Alabama. Well, 
That's not true. They have one Alabama player and it's Mark Ingram. And that, so you haven't drafted an Alabama player as far as I can tell since 2011, right? So like maybe with Todd Grantham on the staff, Alabama suddenly becomes a, a better target because you have more insight there. And so that's that's interesting to me when, when you're talking about assistant coaches and how the coaching staffs change. Um, because like a guy like, I don't know, Jadavian Clowney is a free agent, right? Is he a guy who Joe Woods likes and wants to bring in? I would doubt it. It's a bad example because Jadavian Clowney basically talked his way off the team over the final few weeks of the season and complained that they were basically running their entire defense to support Miles Garrett. But either way, like my point is that that's where I'm interested in looking now is, you know, where where do these kind of connections go? Because I remember when Dave Gettleman took over the Giants, suddenly you you started signing all these former Panthers, like Bram Gano was the kicker, Jonathan Stewart was the backup running back, you, James Bradbury. You, you just kept signing former Panthers, and I was like, I hate this. This is the worst. So maybe the, the Saints become Brown South. Yeah, to the flip side of that with Ryan Nielsen, I'm curious to see how many, you know, these Saints free agents end up migrating over to the ATL with him, which would be kind of a double whammy against the Saints. The, the obvious ones are the defensive linemen, right? Marcus Davenport, David Onyemana, Kentavious Street. Those are the guys who I would be surprised if the Falcons don't at least kick the tires on. Kentavious Street, I would, I would put money on ending up with Atlanta this offseason. Like I would I would bet money on it. He's he was only in New Orleans because of Ryan Nielsen. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, and then and then you have other guys like Caden Ellis, for example, he's a DA guy. He's not he's not going to Atlanta because of Ryan Nielsen. But will he re-sign in New Orleans because he's you know, we've heard him talk about DA in like the most glowing way. It's almost it's almost bizarre. For, for for a player to talk about a guy with like no personality in that glowing way. But you know, it's a, it's it's an example of like, you know, some coach players are very tied to certain coaches. And so when they go other places, it's it's not a coincidence. Yeah, and I mean even with a guy like Richard still questioning, you know, where he might end up. He obviously wasn't a linebacker's coach either, but could play another factor in that. Uh the the Caden Ellis situation will be interesting just because of the name he made for himself this year. And, you know, you know, gl- glowingly, Demario Davis let everyone know, too, that he was the best-kept secret in the NFL as well. Yeah, for Richard, the question is cornerbacks, defensive backs, right? Bradley Roby's a free agent. Maybe that's – wherever he lands, maybe that's where Bradley Roby gets targeted. Um, obviously, you know, he's been with Denver before, so maybe Chris Richard ends up being Sean Payton's defensive coordinator and Bradley Roby makes his return to Denver – P.J. Williams, I think he's a New Orleans lifer. He's going to sign one-year contracts until he dies. Um, but other than that, you know, Justin Evans, I don't know if he has any connection. J.T. Gray, Daniel Sorensen, not a ton of big names uh, in the defensive backfield that are that are going to be free agents. So I think that, that, that side of the equation is pretty well stocked, in my opinion. Yeah, Sor- Sorensen was one of those names, man, that I, I did a lot more, I guess, especially at the end of the season with two interceptions too, but... I didn't think he was going to be that big of a factor for this team in the secondary, maybe more on special teams, but proved to be a guy that was in the right place at the right time. And uh, there's something said about that too, I guess. And speaking of the right place at the right time, congratulations to Demario Davis and Cam Jordan. They are the proud owners of 84,000 new fresh dollars after the NFC won the Pro Bowl. How much How much of that did you watch? I watched a decent bit of it on Sunday. Stefan Diggs was really bad in the and NFL's version of the dunk contest with those like fancy catches. Amon Ross St. Brown was was very good. I saw some of that where they were, you know, jumping around and then caught most of the flag football matchup. 
all in all, it was okay. I guess a little more competitive than maybe past Pro Bowls had been. I'll give it that. But uh, still, for some reason, man, the NFL just doesn't do the All-Star game right. It's one of those things in sports where I feel like, you know, baseball, hockey, uh, basketball, all their quote-unquote All-Star games are a lot more interesting and and uh, a lot more fun than the NFLs have been over the years. But this one wasn't wasn't too bad. I just wish there was more, I guess, Saints involvement for my part. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is never going to be able to put on an exhibition like the NBA and and Major League Baseball because you don't want you don't want people to get hurt. Right, with the contact. Like that is the last thing you want is people to get hurt in a game like that. And so the idea that you're going to tackle, you're just it's like it does it's just like it I appreciate that they found a way to to at least play competitive games without pretending to tackle people because that was always dumb. It was always dumb and you had to find a way. And I thought some of it was fun, right? Like the flag football was interesting. It, I thought like the, some of the games that they did, like the, the, like the offensive lineman pulling. And the nice thing is you can kind of add and subtract different games every year. Like I doubt it's going to be the same next year. They might be able to add new stuff. So I think it's, a, it's at least interesting to watch. It's basically the NBA skills competition at like, and they made it competitive, right? Like they, the, the winning team got $84,000. The losing team got 42 each player. And so that's a decent little payday to go hang out in Vegas for, for a weekend, right? The worst part to me, Jeff, was where were the Pro Bowl quarterbacks? I must have missed that. What do you mean? The talent that was at the Pro Bowl in Vegas did not seem worthy of the status, I guess, because of other team, other players backing out either due to injuries or being in the Super Bowl, obviously. Right. Yeah. Like Tyler Huntley was a quarterback in the, at the Pro Bowl. Like, right. It's like, what? It makes it even more embarrassing that DeMario Davis had not made it until this year. Cause like you see some of the guys there, but he was an all pro before this year, which is really stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's just, just a party, right? Like, so I was impressed by how many people were actually in the stand. Like it was a good crowd. Uh, same. Yeah, I was looking too, and I that surprised me. I, I couldn't believe it either. I was like, "All right, maybe things will thin out as this flag football game goes along." But no, even the upper decks, you could see the stands were filled. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a sellout, like, but you probably had like thirty, forty thousand people there, which for an event like that, in that sense, you know, they might have been giving tickets away. I wouldn't be surprised if they were literally handing tickets out for free on the street. But even so, like, you managed to get that many people in the building. That's impressive in and of itself. So. If you're looking for a reason to say like, okay, this was a reasonable success, that's it. Because if the people who are there are having a good time and the people are watching are having a good time, like I enjoyed watching it. It was more entertaining to watch than a game that does that like is stupid. Yeah, I saw some statistic that there were 2,000 more people in attendance this year compared to last. I believe that. I mean, that's not a huge number. Well, I mean, yeah, and it was in Vegas last year too, so it's it's you at least... You know, at least at least no Saints players got arrested this time. That's good. Oh, which we're still dealing with too. Which ha- that's crazy. That hasn't even been resolved. Yep, Alvin and Marcus. Neither of them. We heard anything about their court cases after getting arrested. Well, we did hear about Alvin's, but we didn't get any resolution on it. So that's going to be fun. I can't wait for that to come out. That'll be a whole podcast episode for sure. Yes, sir. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a lot more about Joe Woods. He is the reported hire for defensive coordinator for the Saints. Got a lot of information on him, and uh, we're going to get into that. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noack. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL. And you can get the latest news at WWL.com. Stick around.